testing. One, two, three. From the Bristol Herald Courier, I'm Delena Matthews, and this is On the Record. This week on the record, Reporter Loris Bell interviews Senator Tim King during his visit to Southwest Virginia. Um, so she was telling me about the HEA yes. and um, the importance of that to you. Can you talk a little bit about that? The Higher Education Act is something, it's, it's really the, the basic federal law about higher education and we reauthorize it about every 10 years. So what are the, the latest trends in education that we want to make sure we're on top of? How do we support institutions? How do we support students? How do we make sure that we have the workforce that we need? We're working on it right now. Our goal is on my committee, Health Education Labor Pension, to have it done sometime this summer. We pass it on the floor of the Senate and then we'll need to coordinate it with the House version that's also being worked on. But my particular focus on higher ed is community colleges, um, career and technical education. That's why going to this job fair today and seeing all these students who've come through like precision manufacturing or welding programs is really interesting to me. Um, and then teacher training. Our higher ed institutions, you know, train all our K-12 teachers and we have a real teacher shortage in Virginia and in the country right now. So as, as I'm going into the Higher Ed Act, community colleges, career and technical education, teacher training, and then the last thing is, uh, is cost. Mm -hmm. So public service loan forgiveness, student financial aid, what can we do to enable more students to get access? And the time is right. I had a meeting at Withville Community College yesterday with a lot of the area um, university administrators to talk about the Higher Ed Act. Um, I'm having meetings with employers in Southwest Virginia who are telling me about the workforce needs they experience and if we do the Higher Ed Act right, we should be able to meet some of those workforce needs. And Katie was telling me that part of that is allowing Pell Grants to be used for CTE. This is my top priority and I'm happy that the uh, America's community colleges have also said it's their top priority as we do the Higher Ed Act. Um, increasingly students on community college campuses are not just signing up for the 14 week long mm -hmm. college semester courses, they're signing up for intense short term career and technical training. High quality, you can get a job right away, but Pell Grants can't be used if the course is not as long as a college semester. Even if it's more intense and there's more hours in the classroom than a college semester, right now you can't use Pell Grants for those courses. So I have a bill with Rob Portman of Ohio called the Jobs Act, mm -hmm. and the idea is to make, to, to be more flexible with Pell and allow students who qualify for Pell Grants, if they want to use it for high quality career and technical classes, they should be able to do it. Okay. And are you seeing that across Virginia being in demand for CTE? Absolutely. Um, not only on the community colleges, we're seeing more K-12 schools uh, that used to have really vigorous CTE programs, kind of putting them back in. Give you an example, Hampton Roads. Um, we're going to try to grow the, the Navy to 355 ships. It's 270 ships now. That's a lot of shipbuilding. If you don't have the, they're not going to build themselves, so you've got to get people into the industry. So a lot of uh, K-12 schools are putting CTE programs back, really innovative ones. I was at uh, the high school in Carroll County within the last year, and they're doing really innovative CTE work around agricultural programming for kids mm -hmm. who want to maybe run their family farm or maybe they want to go to tech and get an ag degree and then do something else in the space. So CTE is happening at K-12 but it's really happening in community colleges. Um, the you know 20 years ago 
two-thirds of the students at community colleges were here to get an associate degree to tr and maybe transfer to a four-year. Today, it's, it's maybe more like 50-50, probably half the students in some of our colleges, Danville Community College is an example, it's two-thirds of their students. They're not here for the associate degree, they're here to get a credential or a certification or get a skill to help them advance in their current job. A lot of employers, utility, uh, the, you know, the, the manufacturers, the uh, trailers on trucks here in Southwest Virginia, they use this community college a lot to take existing employees and then send them to this community college to get skills so that they can progress with the company. Okay. Um, so what did you hear from employers and job seekers today? So I talked a little bit more to the employers than mm -hmm. the job seekers. Mm -hmm. and, and basically I was saying, are you talking a lot of students? Are you seeing a lot of students? Right. And they're very impressed. So these are employers who were here. There's sort of two wings of the job fair today. There's sort of law enforcement, healthcare, and then there's manufacturing. I was visiting with the manufacturing. I was asking, are you seeing Virginia Highland students that you're impressed by and the answer to that was yes. A lot of people looking at students with welding background, precision manufacturing, um, and so they were impressed with the students. That's good. They're hiring. They want. They need. They need people. Right now, uh, one of the uh, workforce people I talked to yesterday, I did a meeting up in Fishersville, up in the Shenandoah Valley. Said we have people without jobs and we have jobs without people. People who need work, but then jobs that are going unfilled because the people don't have the skills to get those jobs. And it's the community colleges that align that and then put the people together with jobs. So I was, uh, I, I was particularly interested in hearing from the employers here about are you seeing students who have the kinds of skills you need? And the answer was yes. Okay. Um, so kind of shifting gears uh, to the, the drug court yeah. that you're going to be attending today um, with the graduation, what are you what's the importance to you of that yeah so I the, the committee that I'm on health education labor pension it's about workforce but it's also the health committee and so we deal with addiction issues all the time I've been a big participant in the last two big addiction comprehensive addiction and recovery act was done in 2015 the support act was done last year trying to deal with opioid and other addiction issues um, some of that is about training people to be providers of, of health care services we don't have enough providers. But the drug court model is a really effective model for helping people, especially people who might be, you know, in maybe the first time they've been arrested or charged. Um, if they get through this tough program, they can have their charge dismissed. Um, and, I, and I'm a big believer in the drug court model. My wife was a juvenile court judge in Richmond and they had a drug court in their juvenile court. Mm -hmm. When I was lieutenant governor and governor, the General Assembly has to get involved in approving drug courts in communities around Virginia, so I did a lot of that. Uh, this one's real special to me because the judge who runs the drug court here, Randy Lowe, has been a friend of mine for 35 years. He was at my wedding. His, his wife was my wife's best friend. Elizabeth was my wife's best friend in high school. So I have spoken at drug court graduations before, and I always try to tell the graduates how, how much I'm inspired by them and, you know, offer some advice and thought about what we need to do as a nation to deal with addiction. Uh, but I want to tell them that they inspire me, but I also... Um, I'm just really impressed with people like Judge Lowe and the, the court personnel, the probation and other officers in the Washington County Circuit Court who make this program work. We need, we need more of these programs and the model has really worked and I'm, I'm glad to be able to, to go and congratulate some of the graduates today. 
Great. Well, I think that's all we have time for. Yeah, um, I'm having lunch with a buddy in five minutes at Morgan's <laughs> Restaurant. So I'm going to head down and do that. But so okay, nice to meet thank you. Thank you. On the Record is made possible by David McKee, David Krieger, Delina Matthews, and Brian Woodson. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.